Thank you for downloading the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. Enjoy the message. All right. Hi, everyone. Hi. Good to be with you. We are in the book of Genesis, I believe, uh, chapter 28, correct? We did 27. All righty. So uh, let's remind ourselves just a little bit of chapter 27. Um, chapter 27 is where Jacob deceives his father um, at the leading of his mother and receives the blessing that would have normally gone to Esau uh, and all of that. It's a, it's a sad account in some ways. God ends up using it certainly to accomplish his purposes. But the thing that really uh, stuck out to me was when uh, in verses about verse 19, um, Isaac says, actually it's verse 20, Isaac said to his son, how is it that you found it so quickly, my son? Referring to the uh, the game. And he says, uh, well, because the Lord your God granted me success. And obviously that's not true at all. It's because we're tricking you. And that's what the answer was. And just, uh, oh man, what a louse of a man this Jacob guy was. Um, as we now are in this chapter, really, chapter 27 and, and then the chapters following, um, Jacob is going to become the lead character for, I think it's about nine chapters um, uh, coming up here. And we're going to see a dramatic and drastic change in his life. Um, and tonight, actually, chapter 28 is one of those significant um, steps in his walk. Um, so it's kind of fun to look at um, because we're all louses. Some of us more than others. I'm just kidding. All right. But anyway, Genesis chapter 27 uh, he deceives his father. Now, do remember it was in chapter 25 that Esau said birthright. What do I need a birthright for? Um, I, well, I'm going to die. I'm starving to death. I'd rather have a bowl of stew. And so he forsook that. Uh, and now sort of the something about the chickens and roosting or something or another. Well, and then you got to go back one more step. What's that? Well... Rebecca was was told by God that the younger, the older shall serve mm-hmm. the younger. So this was all, uh, yep. all coming down the pipe from the hand of the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Notice chapter 26, verse 34, um, when it's Isaac that gets the blessing there. Uh, no, that's the next chapter. Uh, Isaac gives the blessing to Jacob in the next chapter. But look at verse 34 of 26. It says, Now when Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Beeri, the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basmoth, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and they made life bitter for um, Isaac and Rebekah. And so um, he's not really walking with the Lord here. Um, we don't know for certain if he did that, knowing it would uh, hurt his parents, but um, nonetheless, that's what he does. And so closing verse of 27 in preparation for tonight it says then Rebecca said to Isaac I loathe my life because of the Hittite women I think she's overacting a little but uh, nonetheless uh, if Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these one of the women of the land what good will my life be to me oh boy again it seems a little strong but it is significant though for Jacob we'll talk about that tonight All right, let's uh, read the first five verses. It says, Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. 
God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings, excuse me, that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's, Jacob and Esau's mother. Okie doke, so let's take a look here. Verse 1. Isaac called Jacob, blessed him, and directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Now, Esau did. Why is it especially significant that Jacob not? Because he's got the blessings. Because he has the blessing? Well, he's the one through which the promise is going to be carried out. So. And specifically, which promise? The Jewish Messiah. Okay, right, right. Right? Right? The Messiah has got to be pure Jew. So. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I, did I think Isaac, I don't know if he was thinking that way, but definitely bloodline, you wouldn't want to mix yourself with the... Okay. Exactly. He didn't want Esau to either, but definitely not Jacob, right? Mm. So he says, you can't take a wife from the Canaanite women. Remember, the area of Israel is referred to as Canaan prior to... Uh, the Jews really possessing it. And so that's what we're talking about, people that lived in that area there. And so he says, instead go to Padan Aram, something like that, mm-hmm. to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, um, and ter- there take one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. Now Padan Aram, hard for me to say, mm-hmm. that's in the region of Mesopotamia, which is north of Israel, um, heading up toward... Uh, beyond up beyond Syria and in that region up there, um, this guy Bethuel. Have you heard of that name? Mm-hmm. You have. Yeah, but just I don't know why. Probably from no. whatever you taught at some point. It's not Bethel, like you see that name a lot in the Bible. This is Bethuel. Was we, we, yeah, he was mm-hmm. Genesis chapter twenty-two. See, I told you. Verse twenty-three. <laughs> uh, he is the father of Rebekah, it tells us in chapter 22, verse 23, um, and he was the son of Nahor, uh, which is Abraham's brother. So remember Abraham, he was one of three, the middle one died, and that's how he got in charge of Lot. All right. Um, and so at the end of that chapter, there's a little genealogy, and I heard little Adam Cherry's dig. <laughs> I heard his little dig on Sunday morning. All right, but... In Genesis chapter 22, you got like a three-verse genealogy there, and these names are mentioned. And they're mentioned. I missed it. I like, you know how the Bible has sometimes genealogies? This guy gave birth to this guy who gave birth to that guy. Well, most normal people just kind of read through it quickly, but I think they're there for a reason. And I believe... When Paul said all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, Amen. that he meant those. That's and right. so I tend to take a little longer than most people looking at them. So anyhow. If nothing other than to say that God knows people by name. Yeah. Exactly. And he calls them out by name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And many times they serve the purpose. They're like a bridge. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at this guy, and now we're moving on to his son. You know, So you get the bridge you know, down to there. So there you have it. Anyway, Bethuel, he's mentioned in chapter 22. Laban, uh, that's Rebekah's brother. It says that here as well. Um, so what do we know about? Uh, in Genesis 24, he seems to be serving the role of almost like her dad. 
Um, kind of head of the household. Yeah, but it seems that dad's still alive, but maybe he's like older and unable to accomplish these things or whatever. So um, you may recall that if you were here with us. But anyway, that's Laban. We're going to look at him next later. All right, verse 3. God Almighty bless you, make you fruitful, multiply you. This is Abraham's blessing on his son, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings. And so uh, Isaac, I don't know if he's laying his hand on his son or not, but he's basically praying for his son. He's kind of transferring. These are the blessings that my dad passed on to me. Now I'm passing them on to you. Question. Does Jacob deserve the blessing? No. Probably not. Judy was ready with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that Judy or Ruth? Yeah, I'm sorry, Ruth. That's right. I thought it was a little surprising. You know. <laughs> Why not, Ruth? Well, you know, like you just said that he he told his father God blessed him with the venison right away, and he knew that he was lying and putting God's name into it. That's right. But isn't it interesting, though, that obviously here Isaac is all gung-ho. God Almighty bless you. I mean, it's not like, well, you tricked me, so I know it's got to happen this way. But he seems he's so hearted behind it now Mm -hmm. that the blessing, you know, you're the one. Maybe those two daughters-in-law had a little influence. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe he realizes Jacob needs all the help he can get to make sure he doesn't marry you. You need a blessing. Well, I, I don't know exactly, but we do know that he doesn't deserve a blessing. And actually, we know this. None of us deserve uh, a blessing. Yeah, um, that I did. What's I that? Said, I didn't mean that I did. I, I yeah, said. I know you didn't. didn't. <laughs> um, but as uh, I think it was Mark pointed out, God is going to work through these circumstances <laughs> to accomplish his sovereign will. Um, so that's... Uh, we're seeing God's grace at work here in Jacob's life, uh, even though he doesn't deserve it. Uh, he's a scoundrel. What's his name mean? Jacob? Yeah. Okay. Um, Conniver. Deceiver. Um, I think literally it means heel catcher. The idea is to trip somebody up. Um, and so he is the scoundrel. Um, all right. Verse 5. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away. And that is the last time that Jacob will see his father, and we assume his mom as well. A mention of, at least as far as mentioned, will not see those two again. And he went to Padanaram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, as we said. Alrighty? And let's move on to verse 6. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padanaram to take a wife from there. And then as he blessed him, he directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women which is what Esau did. They were Hittites, but the Hittites were from Canaan. Um, And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Paddan Aram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac, his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahaloth, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebioth. What do you think about that? He showed that. I'll show you. Well, you know, it can go either way, right? I'm glad you said that. Let's stop there, though, because I think I know where you're going. He showed them what, uh, Baron? I'm going to show them. You don't like Canaanite women, so... I'm going to... Okay. Okay. 
Um, Mark, you're saying either way. What's the other way? Well, okay, so I understand. So the, I, I saw that these displease you. I'm going to go get even more and displease you more. But Ishmael was a son of kinsman. Yeah. Right, he was still a kinsman. So was he trying to do it another way? To like get on their good side by saying, "Okay, I'll go. I'll go marry some kinsmen, even though they're not Abraham's descendants by the pro- by the child of he promise." He was looking for the loophole. Right, they were Ishmaelites. They were sons of Ishmael, the son of Hagar. Okay. Right. So, but it's still kinsmen. If you want, uh-huh. to, mm-hmm. was he trying to get back on their good side by mm-hmm. sort of doing a sort of? This is the first time I considered that. And then me too. No, I had I always know. thought it was. I, I'll show too. you. Yeah. But it seems, perhaps, that he, maybe, that he wants to obey, too. Like, okay, so you don't like Canaanite women, but I'll get an Abraham-descendant woman, and then everyone will be nice to like me or whatever. Why didn't he just go get somebody other than a Canaanite? Well, there's another question. Should he be getting anybody else? (laughs) He's married. Right. Twice. So the whole thing is kind of a hot mess. Together. Indeed. <laughs> I so, think, I think Baron's explanation, though, goes along more with who Esau is supposed to be. The Jacob I loved, Esau mm-hmm. hated, despising his birthright. It goes along with his character, his, rebellious his nature, nature. Mm-hmm. that I'll, go, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be even that more vile, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. See, I always kind of lean the other way. I, always, I thought he was getting older and starting to understand more and sees his brother getting a another blessing but not one that's stolen now this is a blessing hey you know go do this right and maybe he's thinking in his head wow maybe i did mess up maybe i'll try and do that but i'm not going all the way over there i'll just go to ishmael (laughs) he's close you know he's of our family it'll do yeah it'll and it's part of the bloodline like you said that's kind of always the way i thought about it i I, I was kind of feeling like it seems like it's a striving and I'm not saying we don't know, right? right we don't right. know the ten, how that was said or sure. thought or whatever. But, you know, in my mind, it almost seems like there's this striving for the artificial covenant. Like mm. the mm. begging for the blessing, right? And he gets it, but it's not the blessing. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And then and then it's the his brother gets the blessing again. Mm, right this time around and then it's like I'm I'm striving again to get that blessing and it's not going to happen it's not coming you know when uh, when he does come back to his father when when the blessing went to Jacob a few chapters earlier doesn't he say something like well don't you have a little bit more you can give to me or something is there any more you can give to me that's interesting Jay well, I don't know. Um, if he is doing it to spite them, oh, you didn't like that? Well, I'll show you. Then that's a good indicator. You know, it's a good thing that the... Uh, because remember, if you're the head of your clan, you're the spiritual head of your clan. And it really kind of is an indicator of where he was spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that is the case, that's not good. Um, if indeed it's a case that he was trying to do something good, maybe that will be approve of this. Um, there's still the mistake of polygamy mm. and adding another wife and all of that stuff and just another mistake upon another mistake. Mm. But So uh, that's the situation with Esau. Mm. Any other comments on that? And if he was going into the bloodline, I mean, you could say like he's striving for a blessing. 
Ishmael was only blessed with material blessing, right? He wasn't given yeah. the spiritual blessings that Isaac was given through Abraham. Mm-hmm. He was only given, you will be a kingdom of princes. That's all you get. He just never really, he never makes good choices, but he also never seems to ask God what should he do. And, and you know what, like, it, it just gave me chills, like, as I was thinking of it, it's the way of Cain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just this, this mm-hmm. artificial, I want to do the right thing, mm-hmm. but it's not the right thing, and it's, you know, and I don't know, I was just like, wow. Do the right yeah. thing, but it's going to be on my terms. Human reasoning, yeah. All right, the next few verses. Jacob left Beersheba, and he went toward Haran, um, and he came to a certain place. He stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one, it's like a Motel 6. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head. He lay down in that place to sleep, and he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So couple places Beersheba is mentioned Beersheba we've read about it we've showed a picture of where it's located it's in southern Israel down sort of near that kind of the desert area of southern Israel Haran is not even in Israel Haran is up by today which is basically the Persian Gulf area Iraq southern Iraq so Haran is where um, Abraham and Lot and Sarah um, departed out of there when they began to make their way. So it's 600 miles away. Um, and apparently there's family that is there. And so um, that's where they're headed to, so he can find a wife from among that that clan there. Um, and then as it says in, it's not down until verse 19, it names the place where it got, it was nighttime, so he stopped and he rested. That's the city of Luz. Luz is about, just so you know, it's about 10 miles north of Jerusalem, so it's about 35 to 40 miles or so north of Beersheba. Um, so I don't know if this is one day and this is the first night. That seems like a lot, 40 miles to travel. Um, so, But somewhere on this trip, one evening, he comes to this place, Luz, and he uh, decides he's going to set up camp him, there. It's just him, though, right? There's no record anybody's with him. And is he on a horse or mule or is he walking? Is he walking? It doesn't say, yeah. And isn't he afraid his brother, you know, like they think his father's time is soon, and doesn't he think his brother's going to get him? Well, that would be a justified thing to think, you know, because he cheated his brother. I would move. You you would be uh, a little giddy up. So in in Genesis twenty seven forty one, it said Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing which his father had blessed him, and he said the days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I'll kill my brother Jacob. Now did he say that to him? It says Esau said to himself, you know, did, did he have a look? And Jacob was like, oh boy, I'm in trouble. Um, who knows? But uh, he was probably moving pretty quickly. That, you know, like someone heard him. Or like Rebecca. Know, yeah. Uh, Rebecca, maybe. Rebecca, and that's why she wanted yep. him to get out. Yeah, I recall that. Uh, she sent a warning ahead or something, didn't she? I forget exactly she where, though. So, he's moving. Um, and then he takes, a, he takes a stone and makes it a pillow seems kind of weird but uh 
That's what he does. Um, I guess enough Sometimes just to brace his neck. All right, and then he has a dream. And the dream is of a ladder that is set up on the earth that goes up into heaven. The angels go up and down on this particular ladder. So um, let's, let's play like Sigmund Freud and try and figure out all right, what's going on in this guy's mind here. So what, are, what is going on in his heart, just from what we've read, like what we know about his life? Like well, his fearful. circumstances. He's fearful. Okay, he's fearful that he's going to get caught up to and killed, maybe. Okay? Just saw mom and dad, which will turn out to be the last time he ever sees them. Um, does he know that? He's about to go 600 miles. Mm-hmm. I'm never coming back. You know, if you walk 600 miles, I ain't coming back. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> bye, everybody. Alrighty. <laughs> Who's he? Who's he with? He's going in by if he's by himself. Uh-huh. He's going to a place. He, I don't. It doesn't ever says that he travels north. So yeah, no. he's never been that way before. Okay, and if he's by himself, no doubt loneliness, dark out in the desert. Uh, Probably a little scared. I'd be a little scared. I would admit it too. I, I when we were in Nepal, <laughs> it's dark in Nepal, no electricity, and and then you get up in the middle of the night or whatever, go to the bathroom. Mm. It's scary. Yeah, it's, like it's, your hand, it's really yeah. Hand. It's so he's out there in the middle of nowhere by himself. And he doesn't know who he's going to. He doesn't know his uncle or mm. his cousins uh-huh. that he yep. may be marrying. Well, you guys are pretty good at this game, huh? They might not even be there. That would stink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, so these are some of the things that are going on. Fear, apprehension, uncertainty about the future, loneliness, uh, maybe some regret over some of his past decisions and and where it's brought him, uh, and so on. And so he has a dream about this ladder. So the meaning of the dream. So I don't know if you've read ahead. Hopefully you didn't because we'll have a little more fun. Uh, What could this dream mean? Well, it's going to heaven... Right? Ladders, stairs, get you to heaven. I think there's a little Led Zeppelin playing in the background. <laughs> you know, something like that. It's probably not true. Jacob's Ladder by Rush. Yeah. Also, Huey Lewis in the really News. Good movie called Jacob's Ladder, version. too. Jacob's this one. <laughs> not familiar with that one. What were you saying, my friend? Well, there's a movie called Jacob's Ladder. Okay. Yeah. Definitely not biblical. Okay. Well, this but has angels going up and down, not us. I know, way, so. I love that. True. You like that? I like that. It's like... It's, and they're not just coming... Yeah, they're not coming down. They're coming down and up. Yes. Yeah. So why do you like it so much? Because you like um, angels or... Well, well, I do, but... Um, <laughs> but I just like the... I feel like maybe, and it could... You know, this is just... I have, This is not anything I, I didn't study the um, translations or anything, but to me, it's like if he's in that fear place and he's he needs a little encouragement, and it to me, it is a way of sort of saying, okay, so it's like ministering. You know, angels are coming; they come down and they go up, and God's you're that is, there's like a connection to God there, and it's kind of a way, especially in dreams. You know, like. Miss Jessie is a big fan of telling me how God will talk to you in your dreams. The Bible says that. And so um, I just think it's a really sweet dream to give him in the place where he's at right now. 
Okay, cool. Nothing profound. Just, hey, it's just have a feeling about Anna. Anybody else? I like what she said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, certainly, uh, what we'll see a, a little bit here is Jacob essentially says God's in this place, um, and I didn't know what He says, uh, and so we'll talk about that uh, in a second. But it, it certainly seems to be a place of comfort for him, or um, the reality of God's presence. Now, we have this. We think. You want to say something? I just remembered something that I was. I don't know. I read somewhere is unlike the Tower of Babel where man mm. was building a, a ladder mm. or steps up to heaven, this is God yeah. being the only way to get up and down. Mm. Good. Okay, now, it seems as if, and we're going to turn there, turn to John chapter 1. That's in the New Testament. If you're not familiar. Jesus. To the left of Revelation. <laughs> Everything's to the left of Revelation. Right, John. I know. <laughs> That's right. Now, in John chapter 1, starting in verse 43, okay, very early on in the ministry of Jesus, um, we find there, I'll kind of paraphrase the beginning, uh, it's that Jesus encounters a particular disciple whose name is Philip. And Philip is like, wow, this guy's awesome. So he goes and finds a guy named Nathaniel. So that's verse 45. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now Nathaniel didn't hear anything but the word Nazareth. And he's Mm -hmm. like, wait, you're telling me you found the Messiah and he's from Nazareth? Mm -hmm. Come on. He says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, I kind of want to get in a debate with you. You just come see. I think that's awesome. He says, come and see. And so we assume that he does. Now look at verse 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, get close enough to him, and he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile, no Mm -hmm. deceit. Mm -hmm. And I like Nathanael's response. How do you know me? Mm -hmm. You know, he's, uh, I don't know. I'm reading into it. But Jesus commends him. Nathaniel says, who are you? I don't even know who you are. Now, notice this. This is very interesting, I think. Jesus said, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Okay? Now, Nathaniel, who previously said, what good can come out of Nazareth, all of a sudden calls him rabbi. And he says, rabbi, you are the, and he calls him the son of God, the king of Israel. Just because he said, I saw you under the fig tree, what happened under that fig tree? He was praying in his heart. Something spiritual happened there. Mm-hmm. He had some encounter with God, and Jesus says, I was there, and I know the encounter you had, and you had it with me, or whatever. Just in that, it's a really cool little story. Now, notice, he said, I saw you under the fig tree, and he said, well, you're the son of God, king of Israel. He said, because I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? Do you believe? He said, you're going to see greater things than these. And then Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Seems to me, based on the wording there, that is so similar to what we just read there in the book of Genesis, that 
under that fig tree, he was meditating perhaps on this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jesus makes it clear, as John pointed out, that that ladder that the angels were descending on, mm-hmm. here he says they're going to be descending on the Son of Man, mm-hmm. that Jesus is that ladder. The only way to the Father is me. That's right. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it is. And so, with all that context in mind, what is the Lord revealing to Jacob back in Genesis? Will it be with him? It'll be with him. Okay. Yeah, certainly that. Well, there's only one way to meet, it's my way. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think. Jesus is the, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the ladder. Notice Jesus doesn't show us a way. Mm-hmm. He explains to us that he is the way and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I think you could say that this is where Jacob gets saved. I, I think of Jacob as mm-hmm. like one of our kids that we kind of raise in the faith. They know all about God. You know, They know all the stories maybe better than most kids in their school and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But they each need to have their own salvation experience where they come to the place where they recognize that Jesus is the only way. This is his watershed uh, and it, it seems to me that that's what's going on here. Now, I'm not the guy that decides who gets saved and when they get saved and who gets in the heaven. You're not? No. And so I don't know, but I'm going to suggest that to you. Well, this okay. is Jacob's first direct encounter mm-hmm. with God. Yeah. And the previous thing that's recorded, right? Yeah. The previous thing, even though you mentioned his deceit to his father, he said, "The Lord your God gave me." That's right. He didn't say, "The Lord my God gave me good, good hunting." Yeah, you're right. So it was his father's God, not his God. All right, let's keep moving on. Verse thirteen: Behold, the Lord stood above it, this ladder, and he said, "I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth." And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Yeah. Behold, I'm with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. I think essentially the Lord is peeking down this stairway and saying, nice to meet you, Isaac. He's introducing himself uh, to him. And as I said, likely he knew about the Lord, but he didn't know the Lord personally. He had sort of a second-hand knowledge. It was his father's God. It was his grandfather's God. Um, And he had probably heard about encounters they had had with God, and now he has his own encounter uh, with the Lord. And as we see, the blessing that was given to Abraham and then passed on to Isaac that Mark said sounds familiar, is now passed on to Jacob, not Esau. Alrighty? Mm -hmm. The blessing that the father had said, Isaac had prayed over him, Mm -hmm. now the voice of God prays over him, or Mm -hmm. pronounces over him. Alright? And from now on we're going to hear, and the rest of the Bible really, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Not, as this verse said, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac. Okay, part of the promise is that he will bring him back to the land. And as we saw, Jacob's about to leave the land. He's going to go 600 miles away, roughly. Um, Maybe there was a period of uncertainty whether uh, he would ever return to the land. The Lord says you will. Um, We also know 
you maybe you've read the rest of the book, Genesis 47, he goes down to Egypt. Remember his son Joseph is down there in Egypt and uh, the Lord works in such a way to provide for the children of Israel. So Jacob goes down to Egypt during that famine. Uh, they stay in a town called Goshen, uh, and there he dies. Uh, but before he dies, he instructs his sons, take my bones back to the promised land. Uh, also a fulfillment of this particular verse here. Um, certainly to the extreme. All right, another verse there says, I will not leave you until... I have done what I have promised you. Do you think there were times that Jacob may have doubted that? Sure. Yeah, yeah like we all do. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Circumstances. What are some things that may... Huh? <coughs> Famine may have caused him to doubt that God was with him and wouldn't leave him. Um, well, the trickster gets tricked. <coughs> yeah, absolutely. I think God's in that. Um, Joseph, his son, I put Joseph's death because remember his son was sold into slavery and his other son said, oh no, he died, you know, mm-hmm. and all of that. I'm sure that caused him to doubt God's promises. You know, you said you would be with me and this is what it means that you're with me uh, and all of that. And so, you know, in all of our lives, we have circumstances which can cause us to doubt. Uh, but New Testament, let's see if you can do this question. It'll be like a test question. New Testament Jeez. verse, nope, it's a verse, um, that essentially promises the same thing. To us, that God would not leave us, and so on and so forth. Not the verse, or the verse, the verse words, or the verse verse. The words, yeah. Or if you know, whatever. Jesus says, "I will never leave you." Okay, yeah. but not that one. Oh, not that one. Sorry. Which? Oh my gosh! It's all. So he says, "I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised uh, you." Hey, you get a good work in you. You win. Be faithful to complete it. Philippians, what? Um, One, two, something. One, six. You all three get a (laughs) prize. I have have Smarties in the other room. It's one of the ones I keep in my car. Smarties? You like Smarties? No, that verse. Oh, that verse. (laughs) So, same promise. We're going to go through similar circumstances, wondering where the Lord is, perhaps. uh, And that same promise. He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it uh, the day of Jesus. Notice uh, Jacob's words. He says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. What's the problem with Jacob's theology there? Are you limiting God? He didn't know it. He had no relationship with him. What do you mean his theology? Uh, he had a, I, I'm suggesting to you he had a wrong thinking of God. Yeah. He had head knowledge. But he's coming to that yeah, here. Coming. I'll, I'll emphasize it. The Lord is in this place. I see it as he's, he's localizing God. Yeah. And God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. Yeah. That's all. Alrighty. I, I do think there's a tendency to do that. You know, people go into church and they talk like this. Because God's here. You know, or something like that. You remember in the the eighties, Ruth, you'll remember in the eighties. I know you were big I know you were a big Ozzy Osbourne fan. No, you don't remember that? But Ozzy Osbourne in the nineteen eighties urinated on the side of a church. And the world went nuts that he did it. Now Really? I'm sure he urinated on a lot of buildings. Not the worst thing. You know I mean? Not the worst thing he did. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was because that's God's house. Now I understand, yeah. and you know, and all of that kind of stuff. I understand what the 
the reason for the uproar or whatever. But the idea of that thinking is that this place is God's mm-hmm. house, you know, and some other place isn't necessarily. But God is not in, in one particular place. Now, of course, we know that he chose for his presence to dwell in the temple mm-hmm. in a unique way. But that didn't mean that God wasn't anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't mean that you could be in some other town and get away with something and God wouldn't know mm-hmm. or something because he's up there in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord is in every place. Um, and we often the doctor mm-hmm. class. What's, the, what's that? Oh. Oh, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Is that omnipresent? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Give it back, give it back. So God's omnipresent. All of that detail, right? Omni just meaning all. You overwhelmed um, me with so much knowledge. <laughs> that's it. Um, David said, where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? And there's a song about that. And maybe we'll sing it someday. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed. Anyway, so I wonder, do you think our lives would be... Do you think we would live our lives differently, or people perhaps would live their lives differently if they had a conscious understanding that God's presence is everywhere? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. My mom always told me. My mama always go, said. <laughs> my mama always told me, don't go anywhere you wouldn't take Jesus because he is with you. What a sweet mom. <laughs> Aww. So she said, my brothers, but they took him. <laughs> <laughs> they took him to some bad places. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Jesus goes to that part of town. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Yeah, but don't tell me. So that can be a, I mean, you're right, that can be a, uh, a help against temptation, but it can also be a comfort against fear. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. I mean, going down to South Clinton Street. Yeah. Sure. You know, or even going to the Acme parking lot. Apparently it's 3, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah. It's a scary place now. There was a carjacking. Uh, yeah, carjacking. Yeah. There. Yeah. Where's the Acme? Uh, uh, Lawrence Shopping Center. Oh, here oh, we go. Burlington Yep. So, yeah. So that's good. It could be uh, a good morning as well as a good comfort. That's your point, yeah. You know, I know the Clinton Avenue area, and Jesus is there. Yeah, no, I'm so, just... <laughs> And we're glad he is, like when you go there, absolutely. All right, so we have that. Anyway, the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. The Lord's in every place, and we do not know it oftentimes. Uh, verse 17, and he was afraid, uh, which is good. You know, it's good to be afraid in the presence of God. Um, how awesome is this place, he says. There's none, this is none other than the house of God. The, that means like the dwelling place of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head. He set it up for a pillar. He poured oil on the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. or Bethel. But the name of the city was Luz at the first. Um, Bethel means house of God. Um, and so... That's what he calls it because he said this is God's house, this is the gate to heaven, uh, and so on. Now, the temple was never built there. The tabernacle was never erected there as that being like the house of God that we think of in Jerusalem. Um, Pretty sad in Israel's history. We read in a couple of the prophets as well as the book of 1 Kings that they set up uh, altars to other gods in Bethel, um, which is kind of sad. And they worship those other gods there. But Abraham, I mean, uh, Jacob is responding to this experience that he had. He's setting up, he's 
basically making a, a sacrifice of sorts there. Um, so that's good, I guess. Not what I would do necessarily, but that's good that he's doing so. It demonstrates what's, what's going on in his heart there, yeah. All right, verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. What do you think about that? Some compromising in there. You know, like, if you bless me, I'll, <clears throat> I will serve you. Mm. Alright, God, you hold up your end of the bargain, I'll do my end. That yeah, kind of thought? Okay. The, the first mention of the tithe, too, the tenth. Uh, Abraham died. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right, right. I forget what chapter, but. but. I keep thinking of that movie with. Uh, oh, Burt Reynolds. Danny DeVito. He was trying to kill him. Or he was trying to commit cool. suicide and he got trying to get the Danny end? DeVito to kill him. Is that what it's called? I think. And at the and end of it, okay. he's got Danny DeVito chasing him with a knife, big butcher knife, and he's like, "God, if you get me out of this, I'll give you, I'll give you ten percent. I'll give you, I'll go to church every Sunday. I'll do all this stuff." Mm-hmm. I think that's who it was. Okay. The end is what it was called. And so you see those eighties movies <laughs> with Ozzy Osbourne and with music Ozzy in the background. Ruth was watching. Any other thoughts? What does I, I agree? It sounds like he's putting conditions on his uh, his following God. Yeah. At least at this point. Trying to cut was, it, was the tenth uh, given a tenth of everything? Was that something that was said somewhere? I know Abraham did it. Did it? No, was I don't it believe like it was something said. That was okay. Like I don't a think law. So. Uh, Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. 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 The tithe is just I, I forgot that Abraham was the first mentioned. So I. Th- it seems to me that he's saying, all right, I, I, I'll take that deal. You do your part. I'll, I'll, you keep your end of the bargain. I'll keep my end of the bargain or whatever. And sort of having a, all right, God, we'll see. Now, I think he's saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as saved people, we sometimes do dumb things. You know, we make some mistakes. We have some growing to do uh, and things like that. We don't lay out the terms of the deal to God. He lays them out. It seems like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember in Genesis uh, 15, that's like kind of that second calling of Abraham there. Mm-hmm. Um, so God says, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Same words, really. I'll bless you. I'll give you the land. I'll be with you and all that. And it says Abraham, verse 6. Believe God. Believe God and it was credited to him for ages. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, okay, Lord, you said it. Mm-hmm. You know, here he's like, all right, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Shake. You know, you do your part, I'll do my part, and the contract will be on. So that's... Not great. Um, but nonetheless, that's what happens here. Um, Jacob is that conniver, remember, the schemer. That's um, the pattern that he has established. That's the what his name means and all of that. Uh, and even though he may be saved here, he's not fully yet broken. I shared a story with you guys here shortly after I got saved uh, on Bull Run Road. I got pulled over by the police for making an illegal U-turn, Ooh. and uh, <laughs> and soon as uh, soon as I saw the cop lights, the the lie went on in my mind, and my and 
I'm starting to think, okay, how do I get out of this no, kind of thing? Your story. And then the guy comes out, and I, I, you know, he says, all right, you know, why is it what did you give him? What kind of And I told I just said, is this Bull Run Road? You know, oh, no. <laughs> from around here, like, where do you live? Yeah, nice About drive. a block away from Bull Run Road. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so then he caught me. But my point is, I wasn't yet broken, mm-hmm. you know, and the Lord used that in a great way to be like, you know, this whole lion thing doesn't even work, you know, kind of thing. And so um, <laughs> Jacob isn't fully yet broken. Chapter 32. I think the full breaking occurs. Um, maybe, you know, so every, every one of us can be broken. Yeah, but it was 40 years. You know? <laughs> um, Jacob also needs to learn to submit himself. How's he going to learn that lesson? Genesis 29. When his uncle takes advantage of him. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a growing process that has to happen. Uh, in his life. Now, I want to draw one last thing to your attention. Notice the contrast between God's promise, which was 13 and 15, and Jacob's um, deal. His deal, yeah. So this is 13 to 15. I'm going to stress certain words. It says, Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land of which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring spring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and the east and the north and the south and in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed behold i am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for i will not leave you until i have done what i have promised you okay mm-hmm. you heard i was stressed mm-hmm. right yep. now here's jacob mm-hmm. then jacob made a vow saying verse 20 if god will be with me and will keep me in this way that i go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. Mm. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Two, two major words that are a problem for me. In that. Besides the I, 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 right? Like, What's that? Like Zane did, if and then. Mm-hmm. I mean, that right there is a conditional. That's right. That's a conditional. Give me. Deal. If you do this, it's a quid pro quo. Yep. Okay, so God-centered, that's God's way. Man-centered seems to be here Jacob's way. Uh, But again, as we said, Jacob's in the process of growth. Not exactly where God wants him to be, which would be full sanctification. None of us are in that regard. Um, And so God has to break us. Now, I think that's the way that God works. I've noticed it in my life. God's gracious. He'll tell me. You know, it's like, this is what I'm looking for from you. Mm. And sometimes, uh, yeah, I don't really want to go there. And <laughs> yeah. so then God has no, to wait. turn the heat up a little bit <laughs> or bring me to, all right, let's bring you at this another angle. You know, and sometimes that involves, oftentimes that involves pain or challenges or difficulties. Mm-hmm. And then that forces me to kind of mm-hmm. learn um, the lesson. You know, they say about kids, don't touch that, it's hot. Mm-hmm. And some kids just don't touch it. I'm like, okay, mom says it's hot, I'm not touching that. But other kids have to touch it, you know, and then they learn it's hot and they never touch it again. <laughs> All right? The fingerprint on his finger. From that? Oh, man. And so God's going to break Jacob. Um, I, I love Jacob's my, I think, my favorite character in the Bible. Um, that's right. Why? Yeah. My firstborn son. Oh, uh, right, right. Just because I, I just see so much in our lives of him, yeah. you know, that we're just... All right, God, you got to change me. And then God changes his name mm-hmm. from schemer to 
Israel, which no, means essentially like, governed by God. I won't let you go until you bless me. I love that. I tried to do a study one time, and I couldn't find any correlation because in, of God switches back and forth. Yeah, he does. I, 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 uh, Jacob. Israel and Jacob. And I was like, oh, I'm wondering, like, if there's something there, and I couldn't, I couldn't establish anything. You mean after that point? Yeah, yeah after this, after the point, he renames, he names, he sure. changes his name. Sure. He still, various times, changes well, through scripture, even in the Psalms. Like but it, it's it, not it, like the bad times he's Jacob, right? You know, no, I was wondering that too. Like, yeah. So there's no way to even figure out the context. You know, like when he was at, was he in worldly when he was called Jacob? And, right. Following God when he was Israel, nah, I couldn't find anything. Huh. Well, I think he just points out the fact that Jacob is a saved sinner, yeah. right? Or he's a blessed sinner, if you want to use the terminology here. Mm-hmm. So, God might remind you. <laughs> and it may not he's be He's called your friend. Either, mm-hmm. just say, yeah. Hey, conniver. <laughs> <laughs> My little conniver, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flip a little bit with Simon and Peter. Say, uh, they yeah, call I think Simon Peter, and sometimes go tell Simon, hey, where's Peter? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know why. But. We'll ask him when we get there. So that will be our time together, study wise. Uh, we'll, we're going to go into uh, does he ever get to Haran and find a wife or anything like that? I sure hope the Lord goes before him and smooths out. I hope they're there. <laughs> you don't have to come back. <laughs> it's like Wally World. You know, they get. <laughs> Do you know what that is? No. Oh, all right, yeah. You can't watch the clip. It's I not very. Uh, You're not missing out. Yeah, but it is funny. But Zach, uh, National Anthem's Vacation with Chevy Chase. Oh, they drive across the nation to go to Disney that. World oh and it's closed. Yes. Yes. Wally World. Wally World. Yeah. All right, let's uh, pray. My friend, do you have a song for us? Father, we, uh, we thank you for um, the work that you did in Jacob's life here, Lord. And if indeed this is his uh, salvation experience, Lord, we're reminded of our own, Lord. And when, Lord, you, uh, through the circumstances that our lives brought us to a place where our hearts were ready to receive, Lord, your gift. And, Lord, uh, just thinking back on that now, Lord, we rejoice in everything that you brought us through. Lord, that uh, you use those things for good to bring us to the place where we were ready um, to receive the gift of salvation. And, uh, Lord, we delight in that. Father, we acknowledge that we're like Jacob. Lord, we have some growing to do. And, uh, Lord, we would sure like to avoid the pain uh, and just learn the lessons. And so, Lord, we do pray that you would soften our hearts. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word. Lord, we're reminded of that scripture that... uh, How can we keep our way pure but by taking heed according to your word? And so, Father, use your word tonight to really uh, direct our steps, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. If you would like more information about the church, its ministries, its worship services, or its small groups, please visit ccmercer.com or download the church app to your phone.